What's up, everybody, and future Keon. This is past Keon, and welcome to Lock, L-A-W-K, Life Advice with Keon, the show where I uh, catalog my uh, progress, keep myself accountable, and make sure that future me is getting some love. And today I have a returning guest who I love very much. Who, who is this beautiful man? It's your... Do, do I get a nickname on your show? Yeah, I mean, I got one on yours. We might as well give you one. All right. I want it to make sense. Oh, wait, this is Cameron. Hello. <laughs> now you know who it is. Brother Cameron. Exactly. Am I, can I be your oldest brother, Cameron? <laughs> <laughs> oldest brother, Cameron McElroy? No. <laughs> That's two on the nose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oldest brother, Cameron Macaroni. Yep, <laughs> that is the name I've decided to settle on so I can ruin this episode as Cameron Macaroni. <laughs> That's very good. I'm okay with that. And he, Cameron Macaroni. Yankee Oof. Doodle, make it. Yep. <laughs> So, uh, thank you so much for joining me, Cameron. Thank you for having me on. And if you can, I, I don't know if this comes off uh, apparently, but uh, my voice is a little rough because I'm sick as a dog. I'm a, I'm a sickly boy. Poor baby. Yeah, I'm a sickly baby boy. And what I wanted to talk about today, so the thing that I learned today, which will devolve into a bigger topic, is uh, overwhelm, how to, maybe not even burnout, because w- when I think of burnout, I think of doing so much and doing so many things that you do become uh overwhelmed you kind of shut down and you need need to take a break but overwhelm within itself is just being in the middle of all of that being in the middle of the 80 million things and still trying to parse through all of it and like not seeing the end in sight kind of thing yeah and i can definitely sympathize with that i'm having a bit of overwhelm on my end as well so thanks for having me oh yeah no no problem. I mean, for me, the, the thing I learned today is just that overwhelm is real. Uh, I am at work. I'm in the middle of three separate projects, and they're all, you know, long form, and they take a lot of research and just a lot of grind, as well as in my personal life. I'm currently just trying so hard, so, so hard to be good at visual effects, or at least learn the, the methods of all the tools for visual effects, as well as I have a couple of uh, client-based projects that I'm still working on, and they're super long-form projects that a- on the outset we didn't even realize. So I'm still in the in the middle of projects that I thought would only take a couple months and are g- going to about a year. So that uh, just being in the middle of all of that is just overwhelming. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, how about you, Cameron? How, how are you? I mean, I would say I'm in a similar boat where, uh, you know, work likes to pick up. I find it just always is the result of like Cameron a few months ago was like, I will take on all this projects because <laughs> I do not have that much going on. And then Cameron a few months ago was also like, I would like to get back into podcast stuff and audio engineering and all this stuff. And so I would like to focus on that in my free time. And then Cameron right now is like, why did you do that? <laughs> why did you decide this is our strategy? Well, I love, I mean, you're killing it though. Like I gotta, I gotta give you props. I, for the, I love the podcast that I run, but yours, you're going full force. And it's I mean, right back at you, buddy. Like this. Oh, thanks, babe. I wouldn't want to come onto this podcast if it was bad. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're polite brothers though. We probably would do it either way. Just not be happy about it. Yeah. We keep it wholesome. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, uh, something, so you mentioned that like, like past Cameron being like, oh, or uh, yeah, past Cameron being like, oh, we'll we'll do all these things. And now present Cameron's like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. And I think that brings up something that Sam Harris talks about, which is being uh, kind to your future self and understanding that one thing that uh, some of my friends in high school that I uh, still talk to this day, they're my best friends that we they, they were telling me about when they were reading Sam Harris stuff. 
is the small things that you do for your future self, just as like a pleasant little gift. Like if you take off your shoes, undoing your shoelaces so that when you put them back on, you don't need to undo them. So that's like a tiny gift to your future self. I wear slip-on shoes, so it doesn't really matter to me. (laughs) But other things like doing the dishes or uh, taking out the garbage when, you know, it might uh, stack up, cleaning your room uh, right after, you know, it's gotten messy so that when you come back from work or when you come back from a long day of school or whatever, that you don't need to like look at your room and be like, wow, this sucks. Or just making your bed. That's a, a Jordan Peterson talks a lot about that, that like, a lot of people are in their head like, I should be doing this, this and that. I'm so good. I'm so amazing. And he's like, did you make your bed? Did you do the one thing you should have done today? The the quick and easy way to like make set yourself up for success? Did you do that? Oh, you didn't? I don't know if I believe you about all the ways that you should be. You're, you're an amazing this and that. So I thought I thought the whole point of the uh, making your bed was you've achieved one small task today and now you're ready to take on the rest of the day. Exactly. Yeah, no, but that's what I mean is that that's this one small thing that you can do for your future self that is setting you up for success. That you have, you start off your day, you sullied your bed by sleeping in it, and then you make it nice again and clean again in the moment when you wake up so that future you, when they come back, they don't have to come back to kind of a gross bed. They come back to a clean treat, more or less. Yeah, that actually, now that you phrase it like that, that makes a lot more sense. I never understood what he was talking about before, but dang. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And I mean, that's it. it yeah. It, it's surprising because it's, it's a twofold, you know, gift that within the, in the morning. And actually, I think that also shows that when you are helping future you, you're not only accomplishing in the moment that like, Hey, this is, I achieved this. I solved this problem in this moment, like doing the dishes or by, uh, you know, setting your bed. And then when you come back, you get to reap the benefit, which is a twofold, you know, benefit. Yeah. And that, I mean, that makes perfect sense in so many ways, just because it's, I hate to make the joke, but like you made your bed and now you have to sleep in it. And (laughs) in a way that's like the perfect metaphor for what we've done to ourselves, which is I made my bed of taking on all this effort. And now I have to sleep in that bed where I'm going to have to deliver on all this work that's come due around the same time where this is that that's your elaboration is like, if I had taken a beat a while ago and said this, maybe just one less of these things would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Then everything would have been a little less stressful today. But because you pile it on and pile it on and you keep thinking you have this un... In, that Cameron Rigatoni was just like Cameron Macaroni <laughs> is so capable. He will, he will do this without trying. Mm-hmm. And then Cameron Macaroni had to do it. And he was like, I'm tired. <laughs> Yeah. And we're always so like, as human beings, kind of hard on ourselves or like, in our ambition are like, oh, well, don't worry, I'll get this, this can be done, I can get it done. And it's not even the matter of you can get it done, because we all can like you, whoever's listening, and as well as future Keon, future Cameron, you can do it, whatever you're doing, you can definitely do it, go get it, make this bread. Oh, yes. But it's also a balance of, yeah, you can do it. Should you though? life's hard all around let's all be nice to ourselves and understand that like maybe some things you don't need to do some things the small things add up like uh cameron did you listen to that uh freakonomics episode with uh kenji lopez alt oh my god i just finished listening to that the one about him opening the restaurant and just the dumpster fire that ensues after (laughs) yeah i think it's uh a freakonomics episode uh 347 i don't remember but it's called uh, why you shouldn't open a restaurant and in the episode jay kenji lopez alt who's a 
renowned food scientist, uh, he talks about how when they started a restaurant that like all the small things build up quick when you think that they're not really that big. So one case in point was that they had, they were, you know, preparing food and they just need to put one condiment on the food. And instead of having one person do that, they would have the chefs that were making it also add on the condiment when they should have been doing other things. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing that, instead of adding all of those little itty bitty, like a million little cuts to kill the the process, they let Kenji just did it himself. It was just like, I'm just going to do it. And by doing that, that took that off everyone else's plate. You said plate, but I'm... <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, you can do that for yourself, that moving around things, you can... And something I've already talked about before is temptation bundling or bundling, where if you if you're gonna you know if you're taking a shower and you're like oh the shower's kind of dirty if you clean the shower there instead of you know waiting for oh Sundays when I clean the shower if you just do it then it might be easier for you in the long run instead of you know compartmentalizing it into another part of your day, but also if you don't need to do it don't do it like uh, if they yeah. didn't you know let's say that Kenji Lopez all the the item didn't need condiments that was just something else that they added that wasn't even particularly necessary that's then then nobody has to worry about it exactly it's the the occam's razor approach right yes yeah and for everybody that doesn't know occam's razor is just that the the simplest method is usually the best one uh if you think of all the things that you that you do that are really effective, they probably don't have as many steps as you might think, or all of the steps are really easy. Uh, the way that I like to think about that is the path of least resistance. You mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Cameron, what do you what do you think? What do you think about overwhelm and like being overwhelmed and what kind of like leads to that and how to avoid it as well as like remedy it? So actually, going back to that Kenji Lopez alt piece from Freakonomics, I, I think there was another part of it that was like even more true to how overwhelm happens, which was, yes, it's it's smart to like plan ahead and understand your situation and constantly be analyzing and understanding like what is necessary, what isn't, what's working, what's superfluous. But what really stood out to me as it being his overwhelm was the fact that he didn't even plan on being responsible or really <laughs> that big of a holder for a restaurant. He, his, two of his friends came to him and were like, and were like yeah, can you help us? Like, you're the food guy, so, like, you can maybe lend your name to the thing, and then maybe you can advise on, like, some of the recipes and stuff for the menu. And then he makes, like, one tweet about it, and it turns into Kenji Lopez Alt is opening a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Y'all better get on board. And, yeah. like, I can't... Like, he even mentions in the episode, like, if he was going to open his own restaurant, he would have done, like, Korean fried chicken. Like, that's not where he would have started. Mm -hmm. But circumstances th often will thrust you into a situation. And so sometimes overwhelm just comes from the fact that things out of your control mm -hmm. have now, cons they haven't conspired against you, but there's no godly way a normal person could have foreseen these events. And for better or worse, they are now thrust upon you. And so it's important for you to understand that sometimes when things are going wild, it's definitely not your fault. All the planning in the world doesn't matter at that point because you're now just in the thick of it and you're going to have to either make the best of it or acknowledge that this is above your head and humbly bow out. And even on top of that, like 
when when you sign up for these things, they might lead to great stuff. He even mentions that like the the restaurant within itself isn't particularly like it, it's not great for his mental health, but like the the project is going smoothly now. But he does end up sacrificing a decent amount uh, with like time with his daughter and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and that overwhelm can be you know ultimately and what some people say is paying your dues have you heard that cameron in like yeah yeah which you gotta quote unquote start somewhere so some people will be working you know an entry-level position and eventually get to an amazing their dream job or uh, in film like uh, for an example when it comes to film is that People say you need to you need to pay your dues before you can become a great director, become a great camera operator, become a director of photography, because they say that you need to work the smallest position, learn the ropes, and then build. But that's also can become an excuse to have people do the grunt work nobody wants to do. To be you have your pa- your uh, past selves accidentally sign you up for future like your future self for hardship because you want to be in that amazing place you want to get there but then a lot of people and the circumstance can take advantage mm-hmm. and like you said nobody can really distinguish nobody knows what that ultimately will become you don't know where that might lead but at every step that you can making sure that you're you're still taking care of yourself and uh, being aware of that yeah and i think i know i want to do a different episode about this but i think there's a a good amount of patience that goes along with this. Like there is going to be moments where things stack up and sometimes it's, yeah, you have to deliver all of a sudden in a moment, but sometimes it's you just, you have to weather it. Mm -hmm. Like on the one hand you did sign up for this and you're going to have to deal with some stuff and that what's bad about it might not actually be that you have to deliver something. Like I am completely capable of delivering any of the work I've signed up to do it's just overwhelming because it's all being like heaped up in the pile in front of you. And obviously like when you come home and all the dishes are dirty and the apartment's dirty, you don't feel like cleaning the apartment because there's so much stuff to do. Mm -hmm. Like if it was just the dishes or if it was just like I have my clothes on my couch or whatever, that'd be one thing. But when you, when it piles on like that, it's really hard to look with an objective lens at, is this work that I need to do? Or is this work that is, like you pointed out, grunt work that I've just unfortunately found myself in? And a benefit of that is if you can identify when you've found yourself in a situation that is this grunt work, this someone is trying to take advantage of me, someone's making me do work that it is not beneath you, but it's work that is obviously not what you're supposed to be doing on this project, mm-hmm. then it's important for you to have that self-awareness. And you're obviously not just going to ditch the work, but you're going to acknowledge that this might be a moment for you to transition. Yeah. It, and that was, a, I'm really glad that you brought that up. It's perfect that you brought up the, uh, like your apartment or house or whatever, where you come and it's messy that a lot of people, uh, I mean, myself included, when you come home to some sort of mess, where you have a giant project, that's like a, you know, a huge mountain. Mm-hmm. You're like, how am I even going to get this done? That, uh, you take it like, uh, one of our high school teachers used to say is like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? <laughs> and you gotta, you gotta put it in those bite-sized pieces. Like there's agile and scrum, where you can break down a huge project into bite-sized pieces that not only feel good to accomplish, but are easily accomplished. So let's say that uh, you were putting together a website, and one of the one of the things was just to pick the font, or like just to pick the uh, the color scheme. 
by doing that, by just literally Googling like, oh, what are nice color schemes? I like, oh, I like this one. That There you go. You're, the task is done. And it feels good to accomplish it. It's It feels good to check off boxes uh, in a on a checklist. And that's a little serotonin rush that can help perpetuate you to keep doing it by making bite-sized goals that can help. Yeah. And well, actually, uh, I think you might appreciate, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Kanban. K-A-N-B-A-N. Oh, what's that? It's um, a Japanese organization. And uh, actually, let me... It's a scheduling system for lean manufacturing and just-in-time manufacturing Ooh. that was created by to- uh, engineers at... Um, in- industrial engineers at Toyota. And basically, the way it works is you have... Just imagine a whiteboard. Have, in Silicon Valley, do you remember there are like a bunch of scenes where it's like a whiteboard with sticky notes on it? Yes, yeah, yeah. So what's great about Kanban is... When you look at Agile and all these other systems, they expect, like, they all expect sprints. They all expect, like, work happens a certain amount of time, and it can be, like, this just continuous loop of, like, doing and redoing and doing and redoing. But if your work is something that's supposed to have a start to a finish, or even if you're just trying to track these tasks of, like, doing laundry, doing dishes, whatever... The Kanban board's whole idea is, all right, you have the like categories moving left to right. So let's say for a podcast episode, I would have idea and then I would have recorded or I guess researched and then I'd have recorded and then I'd have edited and then I'd have published. Okay. So instead of me pulling my hair out, trying to figure out how I'm going to get all these podcast episodes out, it's me saying, all right, what ideas do I have that I can start recording? Oh. Do I have enough information about them? All right, now I can move it to recording, to researched. All right, now I'm going to get a call with you and we're going to go record this episode. It's now recorded. And so sometimes like the biggest thing isn't just knowing that's bite-sized, but understanding the state in which those bite-sized things are happening. I like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny how little you might think it, it, when when it comes to like working and and progressing in a task. It's funny how some people might be like, oh, I'll achieve this, and they might not think about how they're doing it and how that other methods can help. Uh, also, that I remember, yeah, now I remember Kanban because it sounds like Tronbon from mm-hmm. uh, Mar- Mega Man Legends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The 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 timeliness of stuff is also really important. Uh, what where it shows up in the process, and that you can even. Uh, have a cascading timeline of like, okay, well, I've already started this section of this project and I can be on this section of the other project. Like if you're looking at it as a timeline, you can be on a more future area of one project and then the starting area of another project and they can work in tandem. They can, uh, you can keep moving forward. But literally as soon as I said that, I was just like, but you shouldn't because you should take a second Mm -hmm. and relax because <laughs> I think the biggest I, uh, takeaway, I think the biggest takeaway is definitely just like, all right, it's okay to be overwhelmed. Yes. Like you shouldn't feel bad or down on yourself that you are now have all this junk thrust upon you. You just have to take a beat and do some self care and say, all right, what is going on in my head that is stopping me from attacking this? And do I really need to be stressing this much about what's going on? Mm-hmm. And are there are there certain self care methods that you you employ? So my one one I actually learned recently was um, it, it's fairly trivial, but it's weird how I've got my whole life without really knowing it. Is just when you feel, and this is the hardest part, is like when you recognize yourself getting stressed out, you want to take a beat, and you want to just stop, close your eyes, and meditate. And meditation is 
not necessarily you doing ohm and yoga in your office or apartment <laughs> or whatever. It, it's as simple as putting your feet on the ground, just leaving your body in some semi-relaxed position and just take a deep breath in and a long breath out and just do that a few times. And what you'll find is, first of all, this helps reduce your heart rate. So mm -hmm. uh, off, like a problem with getting anxious is it generates this fight or flight response which in turn makes it harder for you to focus because you're more focused on running and figuring out if I'm going to have to fight or run away from this pile of work I have to do, <laughs> when in reality you need to be able to take a critical mind. Mm. And then the other thing is it helps you, it, it literally just helps you take a minute to break yourself out of this feedback loop of anxiety. Yeah, uh, a really good quote that I heard about meditation is it's like your life is a, or like any of these tasks are like a storm. They're, they're a maelstrom that you're in the middle of. And when you meditate, that's you sitting in a in a room outside of the storm, like looking at the storm through a window. That's a very, yeah, very elegant. I love that. That you're like taking account of the, uh, the, the entire situation and maybe even thinking of a better plan of attack. Like, oh, I should have had galoshes. I'll go get galoshes, like for the storm, that kind of thing. And yeah, I, I what I really like that you said is separating yourself because I, so a friend of mine, she's uh, she lives in New York City and is like getting a psychology degree. And I, out of the blue, just texted her like, hey, how do you deal with like this kind of thing? Like overwhelm and uh, isolation when it comes to work. And she just immediately went into, she basically wrote me a novel of like these are the things you should be doing and like it's it, she basically was just like it's okay everything's okay don't worry about it this happens to everybody i'm like i really appreciate that needed to hear it and the one thing that she said that i just literally was like how did i not think of this i feel like such an idiot is just to completely separate yourself from anything remotely linked to it and not even like for, first of all don't touch your phone like you know put so that that alone might link you you mentally to your work mm -hmm. or to whatever you're doing but legitimately not being in any physical place related to your work so not in your house apartment bedroom uh workspace office any of those literally going somewhere else and just walking being present in that place. Mindfulness is kind of a buzzword that goes around right now, but that is really important to not let yourself go on autopilot as much, which is really easy to do. Mm -hmm. I I literally had been fighting against it and I talked to my friend, the psychologist, about it. I'm like, oh shit, I've been on autopilot this whole time. I didn't even think about it, even though I d deliberately was trying not to be. And it's just so easy because you're like, oh, I'm not doing that. When in, in reality, you you might be. And just completely separating yourself from any of those things is, it, it will, it will be amazing. Like, uh, I, uh, my parents came to, well, our parents, uh, came and visited me and they were just like, let's go over, we'll go for a walk. And we went for like a three hour walk and it was, it was so nice. Like I didn't even, and it was just around my apartment that I'm like, I forgot that this path existed. I should go do this more. Maybe because huh. it was a complete disconnect and it was great. And I mean, I get the same, some people get the, feel the same way when they go to the gym or go on a long jog is that they're completely disconnected and that separates them from any of the stressful environments and allows for them to, you know, be on the outside of that storm and look in. Yeah, that's, that's definitely just one of my favorite things is if I am overwhelmed, it might be worth it to just stop yeah and go work out like i unfortunately when you're working and stuff you don't get the same opportunity to go on a nice long walk or whatever although i can probably get away from my desk but my favorite thing is just no matter how my day goes 
if I don't have something more important to do that evening, I usually like to go work out just because it helps me change my frame of reference and really just reevaluate and refocus, just like you were saying. Yeah. And uh, you also mentioned something that I think is really, really powerful, which is maybe just stop. Some things you don't need to do, which we mentioned earlier, but legitimately some some things you sign yourself up for aren't worth your time. And it's okay to tell people, I didn't realize this when I signed up and I have to, for my mental health, I need to not do it. Mm-hmm. When it comes to work, that's a little hard. <laughs> but when it comes to your social life, like nobody wants to, if you're hanging out with your friends and you sign up to go see a horror movie and you really don't like horror movies or really don't like to be scared, literally just telling, like bowing out, there's, if, I mean, if they're your friends, they won't be like, oh, uh, you, you said you do this. Uh, what the heck? It's just like, oh, we didn't realize you didn't like that. Or like, okay, do, you do you. Like when people say you do you, they're saying like, make sure you're living the life you want to live, not on our behalf. And that's really important that like, don't sign, if you, if you accidentally sign up for things you don't like to do, it's okay to to tell people you don't want to do them after, after the fact, it's completely fine. Um, and that can lead to even better, like, and something I'll have a separate episode about is saying no, saying no is really important. It's really easy to say yes all the time, but like, you'll find it incredibly liberating to just say no every once in a while to stuff that you, you know, that would be really nice if you did, but guess what? You don't need to be really nice all the time. Yeah, exactly. And something I find will, it's probably the, one of the hardest things to do in this whole process, but is maybe one of the most important for anyone listening to do is prioritize what matters to you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So to me, at the end of the day, I, I obviously work is kind of a very important part of my life, but work doesn't come first. If something were going on with my brother, it's a me or my girlfriend or anyone important to me, or if I'd made obligations that are significant, then those things should take priority. And if there's a good reason to blow them off for any good reasons come up all the time. Yes. Like in Kenji's case, he points out like he wishes he had reprioritized to focus more time on spending with his daughter than spending time at this restaurant that at the end of the day, yes, it was important that he was there, but it probably wasn't going to be as life or death as he probably felt it was at that moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find the, you'll, you'll find your best relationships or at least be able to take account of them based on those moments when you say no, based on the moments where you, where you have to step back. Because if you have a group of friends that you, you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm okay. I, w- I won't do it. And then they have a, a backlash. Then you're like, okay, these people don't have my best inf- interests at heart sometimes. And you might need to take into account, okay, well, let's let's see let, let's kind of pull back all of the things that created the situation in which they're kind of being hostile that I don't want to do a thing and same thing with your work that like I am so blessed that like today I went and I was completely ready so ready to do my entire you know eight hour day of work today I go into work and I talk and my boss I talked to my boss about like hey you know I'm, I'm not feeling great but it's okay he immediately was like go work from home you're fine it's okay like you're doing a great job I appreciate you you don't need to suffer in here I'm like thank you it just grabbed my stuff and uh, went home and just started, you know, doing the same things I would have done, but got a little bit more sleep in, which I needed. So that's how you can tell the relationships that you have if they're, you know, they have your best interests at heart is when you do need to, when when you need to take care of family or friends or your health, and you need to make sure that the people that you've signed up for these obligations hear that, understand it, and let you do it. 
Exactly. And just obvious disclaimer, when you sign up to do stuff, that you still have to show up and do stuff. But (laughs) Don't just say no to everything. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you should always feel comfortable having that little bit of wiggle room. Like, you don't want to be saying no to everything. But when that moment comes along where you need a break, you need a moment to reset so that you can do good work and not just, you know, it was it ha- don't have fast um, two things whole ass one thing. <laughs> yes, uh, Ron Swanson. Ron so Swanson good. quotes for the win. Oh yeah, he knows what he's talking about. Is take a deep breath and focus up and understand what you need to say no. Yeah, and it's easy to and like I've said many times before that you are enough. And Cameron, you want you want to say that right now? Yes, Kian, you are enough. Hey, so are you? Hey, and uh, no, I need you to say I am enough. Say that. All right, Kian, you are enough. Come on. But who's on first? Say the thing. Don't do this to me. <laughs> I am enough. <laughs> Good. And I am enough. And sometimes you might get overwhelmed because you might sign up for too many things because you feel like you're not enough and that that might fill that that place in your life. But guess what? You are enough. And I think that I think that leads us to our letters to future self, uh, our future selves. Cameron, you feel feeling confident in, in packaging this up in a little bow for future Cameron? Sure. Cameron Espaloni. This is Cameron Macaroni talking to you from the distant past. It wasn't that funny, Ken. <laughs> no, was, uh, I can't. I can't even remotely chuckle without like ha- ha- uh, hocking up a lung. This poor boy. Yeah, this poor, poor boy. All right, Cameron Espaloni, your pro- your poor brother Ken Espaloni is dying right now. But that's not important. What is important is that you are enough, and more importantly, take a moment and appreciate that right now might be an okay time to say no. Yes, oh, I love that. Um, and yeah, uh, dear future Keon, um, please, please take it easy. I know that it's, and I've told, uh, past Keon has told uh, present Keon and present Keon's telling future Keon and all the Keons are telling each other, please take it easy. Learn to, uh, remember that no is an option a lot and that to, to help with your overwhelm is to make sure that you're the past you or like present you or even future you is looking out for future future you that is looking out that what does six months from now look for me? Will I be doing this project or will other stuff come up in my life? And this project might also bog down those other things and just taking those things into account because it can be really easy to say yes and sign up for exciting, ambitious opportunities, but it can also be, that can also put a big strain on you. And on top of that, making sure that you're, you know, taking, stepping outside of the storm, stepping outside of the maelstrom, sitting in a nice pleasant room, looking through the window out at the storm and reevaluating the best plan of attack to, uh, to combat it. So hope you're doing super well. Future Cameron, I hope you're doing super great. Cameron, thank you so much for uh, being on the Cameron Macaroni. Was that it? Or what, yes. what lunch meat are you now? This is Cameron Macaroni. <laughs> uh, no, it's still Cameron Macaroni. Cameron Brigatoni is past me and Cameron Espaloni is future me. <laughs> <laughs> god you have an infectious laugh yeah, i must so say good no i love that no man I, please tell me you remember we need to remember these for future mm-hmm. episodes they're so wholesome well thank you so much for joining me cameron uh, macaroni i hope cameron espaloni is, is having a good time future keon thank you so much for listening and everyone out there thank you so much for listening uh this has been lock life advice with keon but you don't want to end on a joke Oh shucks, I forgot. Um, yeah, the, do you do you have one or should I? Oh, I got one for you. Oh, good, good. Here's some more. I'll I'll keep with my theme of animal facts. Ooh, good. <laughs> Ken, do you know how large the average blue whale is? <sighs> how large? The average blue whale is so large that if you laid it out on a regulation ba- or basketball court, 
you'd have to cancel the game. <laughs> so dumb. I love it. <laughs> it also might die. It will probably <laughs> die. And then it'll explode all over the arena. And it'll be gross. And now I'm trying to think of the logistics of moving a giant whale onto a basketball court and then back into the water with the, while it's still alive. Thank you guys so much Two for... Two helicopters. <laughs> That's fair. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're having a great day. Keep up that progress and get your lives on lock. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Bye.